This is Chargers Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Charger Bolt Family and Bet Online. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein. Oh! <laughs> you got the keys? Got the key to the DeLorean yet? Are they in hand? No, man. The, the keys haven't come yet. Just, it's it's right there. It's right there. It's Friday this week. We said it earlier in our show uh, earlier this week. It's just like, can we get to football? Please. Can we start training camp? Please. I can't take any more of this no news, hypothetical, hyperbole, you know, Madden ratings. Madden rating generated content that is the best thing that we could come up with on ESPN or NFL Network nowadays. Bring me to reality, my friend. Give me the 2022 NFL offseason. All of a sudden, I forgot what year it was for a second there. But bring me to training camp. We're here. We're going to be out there next week. We, uh, yeah, we're going to be out there next Wednesday. And next Wednesday can't get here soon enough. No, uh, it cannot get here soon enough. It's Friday, and all of a sudden, next week is the week it all starts. It becomes reality. So much hype around this Chargers team this season. Jake, welcome to Friday, my friend. How are you feeling today? Got the weekend coming up. I know, obviously, purgatory period is the bane of your existence. It is. We've got a fun show today, kind of going over key storylines and things to look for week one of training camp. But how are you feeling about this Chargers team? How are you feeling in general heading into the weekend? I mean, heading into this weekend, I'm great. I have nothing to do. It's going to be a relaxing weekend. But I'll, I shit you not, I tweeted out earlier this week, I need bourbon and NFL football. Who's with me? <laughs> and whether that meant on Tuesday that I tweeted that or that I need that next week or every single week of the NFL regular season, I'm just in one of those moods, man, where you're just, it, it, you know, it's, you don't want to use the that type of a you know thing, but like put it in my veins, damn it! <laughs> you know, no, I get whole it. Dave I'm, Chappelle's kit. I I'm, need right, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So this episode, we're going to talk about all things what to watch for this upcoming week, week one at training camp for these Los Angeles Chargers. We're also going to go into some brief uh, updates on the Derwin James contract extension negotiations. Uh, Jake, I believe, has a, a quick story on that to bring up. And then, of course, uh, we got to pay the bills from our good friends over at Bet Online. Jake, uh, how many times will you have bourbon this weekend? If there was an odds on Bet Online, I'm guessing over under two and a half glasses. Are you picking the over under? Well, see, so, you know, this week's not this weekend's not that eventful for me, so I'm probably going to go with the under. Oh. Um, you know, there's there's few occasions that actually I will find myself drinking by myself. <laughs> find myself <laughs> drinking by myself. Uh, allow myself to, allow year, myself to introduce myself. Uh, yes, that was one of them in particular. 
uh, I have done it plenty of times on this show when we're coming on here and we're talking about a Chargers loss. That's yep. no, that's no, uh, that's no strange feat at all. But you know what? Just a weekend like this, I probably would go with the under if I was going to be taking taking your bet. But speaking of betting. Our partners over at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest on the UFC fighting news. As I say, almost every weekend now, with how much there is a UFC fight on a weekly basis. If you guys are checking it out, UFC Fight Night, Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall tomorrow. Uh, I believe it's actually on on the earlier time, much as it was last week as well. But it's a pretty good card. I would encourage some of you guys, if you don't have anything better to do this weekend when it comes to the lack of football, to definitely check it out. <laughs> but uh, head on over to the website or choose your, or uh, to your mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online. Okay, so Jake, we uh, week one, training camp coming. But before we get into that, Derwin James, number three on the defense, arguably the most important player on this defense for your Chargers. Uh, Contract extension looming, training camp day one starting. I believe there were some updates from a one Derwin James in camp on contract negotiations. I mean, it's it's an update without the update, really. Uh, Basically, all Derwin James came out and said today uh, in a report that he will plan to report to training camp with or without the contract extension being complete. Um, in his own words, basically, oh yeah, I will definitely be be there. This is, of course, coming from um, uh, from Lindsay Theory from ESPN, who's making the report on this. But uh, he James went on to say, my agent is, is handling that. I'm not even sure where they're at, but I'm pretty sure my guy, he's doing the best for me. I know he's doing this thing for me. Um, and of course, this was all amongst the reports that we got earlier this week. As Jeremy Fowler said, the expectations from some around the league is that not only will Derwin James get his contract completed, but he will be end up being the highest uh, NFL's highest paid safety soon enough, which should absolutely shock zero people. <laughs> I was going to say, Jake, the Jeremy Fowler thing, big news, little news, no news. What are you taking that? What, that, that report you're saying? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it should really be no news. Thank you. Uh, and and you and you only figured that because if you you go off of what's what's been out there so far, the make of Fitzpatrick contract, you know the type of safety that Derwin James is, and the even if you were to take Daniel Popper's original projection of what he expected Derwin James to get last January, obviously the market has shifted a little bit. So all expectations are that when this gets done. Doesn't matter if it's for a short period of time, but Derwin James should end up being the highest paid safety in the league when this is all said and done. Right. Like it could have been breaking Jake Hefner per source. Holy crap. Breaking Jake Hefner horror <laughs> friend. No way, bro. <laughs> no way. Okay. What's that quote from? What movie is that? Jake, I had more hopes than than that. Someone no said that. No way, bro. I yeah. mean, Talk they about just it. taking like the most vague. No, but it was said. It, it was said in a very psychedelic, high tone of voice. Well, it's either a movie about weed or it's a movie about surfing. I'm going to go with the first one. Okay, <laughs> fine. Anyone in the comments, let us know uh, what movie that's from. All right, Jake. Enough of that. Let's get into it. Week one training camp has officially 
is officially less than a week away. And lots of storylines. Everyone's talked about camp battles. Everyone's talked about, you know, the all the new free agents and things like that. It was talked about contract extensions. There was talked about draft storylines week one. Like what are we going to see with our eyes that we are most excited for this coming week? Jake has a list. I have a list. We'll kind of go bounce off each other one by one. Uh, Jake, would you like to go first? Or would you like me to go first? I can go first since you were so polite in presenting me the options. Uh, so chivalry is not dead. <laughs> no, especially with Dan Wolkenstein, it's not. Uh, first thing that I'll be looking for, honestly, Dan, it, and the biggest storyline of this entire offseason, when you look at it, is how did the Chargers basically revamp this entire defense? And one of the biggest signings that obviously comes to mind in that is one Jason Jackson. And we've talked about this with previous cornerback signings. You even go back to when Chris Harris signed. Um, in the first year that he was with the team. Remember those battles that we were talking about between Chris Harris and Keenan Allen, iron sharpening iron, and the rivalry that those two had during their days with between the Denver Broncos and the Chargers during that point in time when they played once against each other? This is what I want to see from J.C. Jackson. Is it is it going to be kind of a renewed sense to where J.C. Jackson's on on Mike Williams and you're going to see that iron sharpening iron? Or is it going to be with, with Keenan Allen? We know from watching practice last year, Dan, that you had Asante Samuel Jr. that was specifically calling out Slayer to say, I want you, dude. I want you. And, so, this, year, and this year, he was calling out Mike Williams. Yes. So I would love to see what type of attitude, so to speak, that J.C. Jackson is just going to bring to practice against members of his own team. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I, so I have matchups as one of the things that I'm looking forward to. You know, last year, it was the last few years, it was Strap Harris versus Keenan Allen, like you mentioned. Uh, this, you got J.C. Jackson versus Keenan. You got Asante versus Mike Williams. And look at like, even like offensive line, defensive line matchups. You got Slater versus Mac versus Mac and Bosa. You got Zion Johnson versus kind of the new interior defensive linemen that have come onto this team. You've got kind of the running back stable going up against the linebackers. Like there's matchups galore that I think we have not been able to, to see yet that I'm kind of clamoring for. So I will piggyback off of yours and agree with you matchups player matchups specifically something i'm looking forward to um jake one that i'm looking forward to is (laughs) you you think about the secondary a year ago versus what's happened in the offseason what's happened in the draft and now we have no clue what the secondary is going to look up look like from a scheme perspective but more so specifically from like a roster personnel perspective, play by play. Like we think that Derwin James and Azir Adelie are going to be out there the most. We think that Asante Samuel Jr. and JC Jackson are going to be out there the most. But like we have no clue how many times we're going to see a one JT Woods. How many times we're going to go see a Bryce Callahan. How many times we're going to see Derwin James up as a linebacker. How many times we're going to see Azir Adelie playing different roles. Like, there, there's so many corners that are on this team now, which I think we've heard Brandon Staley kind of talk about and clamoring for. Like, I, it's, it's to me, it's kind of fascinating to see what is the secondary going to actually look like? Like, where are these guys going to fit from, like, a down-by-down perspective? And it'll just be fun to see. Like, week one, the smell of grass is going to be sweet. 
But being able to like see where Bryce Callahan and Asante Samuel Jr. play next to each other. Will they? Like, is Michael Davis really CB4? Is JC Jackson ever going to cover a slot? Is Derwin James actually going to be in the line of scrimmage more? Like, I think the secondary is kind of something that I'm going to be looking forward to the most coming into training camp. How aggressive, and again, this is going to be probably vanilla. They're not going to show you much. But like, personnel-wise, I'm just curious to see what those kind of tandems are going to look like. Yeah, I mean, it, and I can piggyback off that for a second, Dad. It's just like the first defensive scheme when they start going out there and running is, are they going to not have Michael Davis on the first team series for this first practice? I mean, who knows? I mean, it, uh, what what is it going to look like? Are you going to have J.C. Jackson and Asante Samuel Jr. on the outside and have Bryce Callahan kick into the middle in the slot? How is it going to work? So, you know, some of those things, while some people will make big deals about them, it is still kind of telling as we've said especially with the contract that Michael Davis currently holds right now next to JC Jackson being the highest paid the second highest paid corner that you have on your team right now it is interesting it is it is interesting and uh the benefit of that is is you have a lot of names with a lot of different talent to rotate in these various positions so yeah I'm with you there Dan uh I'm going to flip it over to the other side of the ball and I'm going to go with the offensive line obviously We've talked at nauseum now about the camp battles between Trey Pipkins, Storm Norton. I think we'll finally just be looking forward to seeing, okay, who is RT1, essentially? What is it that you're actually going to show us? They've kept this mum, but we can kind of connect the dots to where we know it's going to go. I, I will say this. Even if Trey Pipkins ends up winning the RT job, even if we come week one, and it is Trey Pipkin's job from that point forward. I'm not going to lie, Dan. If I see Storm Norton out there in the beginning parts of practice as RT1, I don't think I'm going to be the only one that's a little bit upset. I'll definitely be curious and, you know, slightly backhanded a little bit. But, but Given still, the smoke like, we've gotten from Trey Pipkin. Yeah, given the, given the smoke, given everything that you've heard from Duke Mannyweather, given the reports that you've heard on just how much work Trey Pipkins has actually done to better himself. And again, what have you done for me lately? Even in a smaller sample size, Trey Pipkins has been the one that has been more productive in bigger games. And we all know what happened in, in week 18. That is a microchasm of the unfortunate year that Storm Norton had. So who knows what's going to happen to that? But then, Dan, don't look too far because to the left of Pipkins or Norton is a one Zion Johnson. And of course, we're all looking forward to what he's going to bring to the table. This is still technically a big void. Everything, all the focus obviously goes to the right tackle position because that's the one that was really most exploited last year. But when Ode Ibushi was playing for this team and playing lights out and playing at a high level, which he was, I think the I think the unfortunate play of Storm Norton kind of overshadowed the loss that Ode was when he ended up going down for the year. So how is Zion Johnson going to come in and fill those shoes? Because essentially, again, you have another offensive lineman that you're rotating that you didn't have last year that you're trying to build this wall in front of Justin Herbert. So what is that going to look like? The better part about it is, Dan, I don't think that I have felt more comfortable or even looked forward to watching the guys who are your second string offensive lineman as much as I have this year. I want to see a combination of a line with Brendan Hymas and Jamari Salar in there. 
I want to see what that looks like. So offensive line in general, but yeah, specifically those two spots, there's no way that you're not going to have eyes on either one of those two spots when we come to camp. Yeah, and, and Zion Johnson, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Like, I think it, it's funny. You mentioned it. It's funny. Like, nobody is concerned about Zion Johnson being your starting right guard. Like, nobody is. And, like, a part of me, as much as I love Zion Johnson, like, he's still a rookie. And as great as he was, as little pressures as he's given up, as little sacks, like, I get all that. But, like, it seems like everyone in Chargers fandom is just, like, cementing checkbox He's great already, and it doesn't concern me, but it is a lot of pressure and a lot to put on a rookie going up against NFL talent. And so, like, seeing him go up against, like, top defensive linemen, you wouldn't think so given Madden ratings, but Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Khalil Mack, like those three guys, that's a heavy dose to go after a Zion Johnson week one. And I'm sure they're going to move things all over the place for him. So I am looking forward to seeing, like, you know, he's a huge man. The hype, I'm sure, is real. But just, like, seeing it. You know, we all saw it last year. Like, the moment that Rashawn Slater went up against Joey Bosa in training camp, everyone's like, oh! And then the rest is history. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I think, look, and, and, and this is not to downplay the acquisition of Zion Johnson or the hype that is behind him coming into this spot arguably the best guard coming out of this draft. I know we're super excited to land him at Zion or at 17 because we all thought if it came down to a guard that that was the right decision to do instead of going a different direction with another player that will no longer be named on this show. But uh, I think the reason that it is so hyped, Dan, and maybe over the top a little bit, I mean, when you have a player like Rashawn Slater come in in his rookie season and just do the things that he does you just look at a guy who's almost in a similar type of mold, even from a standpoint bigger <laughs> from, from an arm standpoint and to say he could do the exact same thing. Well, look, I will say this temper your expectations accordingly. We are talking about a different position and a different animal here. So I- I'm with you, Dan, if we come down to a point where we're seeing Zion Johnson pancaking dudes <laughs> on, on week one of training camp, then by all means, Fire that hype train up once again and take me right to the regular season start. <laughs> so, but it, yes, yeah, still kind of temper your expectations. Rashawn Slater is, is one of those anomalies for what he was able to do in his rookie season. Hopefully, obviously it continues to get better and better and better, but you'd hope for the same type of production from Zion Johnson. And let's also not forget, we can't take, we can't take, uh, overshadow this is that the chargers are dealing with a new offensive line coach than they did last year. So let's not forget about that transition as well. Yeah. So, and again, this, it's, it feels weird being like somewhat pessimistic about this, which I'm not, I'm more just like thinking logically, like the chances of hitting home runs, a pluses back to back years, offensive linemen and having two blue chip guys, like that's hard to do. And sure. The Chargers may very well have done it, but, like, if you see week one, Zion Johnson is, I don't know, struggling with play calls or gets beat. Like, don't like don't put too much stock into that. But also, like, you, it sh- that's the stuff that you should expect from rookies. So, like you mentioned, Rashawn Slater was an enigma. Like, that doesn't happen. He's a unicorn-type player who could play arguably all, all over the offensive line and, su- and succeed. 
Um, all right, Jake, what I'm looking forward to seeing is specific players who I think have all of it to lose in how they come out week one. Like, I want to see what Kenneth Murray looks like week one off the clip. Does he even play, Dan? I think that's the better he has question. To. Does he, he play? Has to. Does he play? We haven't heard a whisper about it. And the last time that we saw him in minicamp, he's still technically recovering from injury. If if it's if I was betting money on it, if we're talking about this first week of practice, me personally, I wouldn't expect him to see him out there. But if we're and talking that's bad about bad news for him. Right. So but I I get the point that you're trying to make. So go ahead and continue. No, no, but I guess that's maybe maybe the more general question that I should have said was like, what are we going to see from Kenneth Murray? Will we see anything? Is he going to show improvements from last year? Is he going to be out there with the ones, the twos, the threes? Like we have no clue. And you can say the same thing for like a Drew Tranquil and Kyle Van Noy. Like what's Kyle Van Noy going to look like? I know this isn't really a, a make or break year for him, but like what does that linebacking core in general look like? Where are they going to be? How many are going to be out there? Is it going to be more than one ever? Like, you, who knows? So, you know, you look at guys like Jerry Tillery. Like, where is he going to be in the lineup who needs to prove himself? I don't think there's a chance he comes back on this team. But this is a prove-it year for him as an NFL player. Where is he going to be? Michael Davis. Like, is he going to show up? Is he going to make them question if he should be CB4 or 3? Who knows? Like, how is he going to be utilized? Like, the, on defense specifically... I'm curious, like, where those guys are going to be as a mindset. Like, are they going to be in it ready to go? Or is this going to be, like, more of the same that we've seen where they're kind of dragged along and are overshadowed by players who want it more? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it'll be interesting to see because we had those lists of this, the six guys who essentially were in their make-or-break years to prove it. And what are you going to do when the pressure's on? <laughs> what are you going to do? And in the case of Kenneth Murray, I mean, there's a lot on the line for him. There is a lot of opportunity for him to go out there and grab, but at the same time, he's also fu- he's also coming back from injury. So how much is he really going to be able to do? Um, and that is a position, Dan, that you have no room for error when it comes to depth. So I've said this phrase many times on this show, pray to whatever gods that you do pray for, for the health and safety of Kenneth Murray going into the 2022 NFL regular season, because collectively as a team at the linebacker spot, you're going to need it. Okay, Dan, next position I want to go to, back to the offense. I think that we've, um, we've talked, I think most people right now would say, if we're saying, what is the battle for wide receiver three? that we would already be cementing Josh Palmer into that role. Given what he did last year, given the comments you've heard from Justin Herbert, the expectations for him to kind of take that next step. But Dan, I'm going to go one further. I'm really excited to see Jalen Guyton. Mm. And I'm saying this just from the standpoint of, obviously, when you look at the difference between him and the rest of this receiving core, what's the advantage that he does have? He is the fastest of, of this entire group. So... Again, in a potentially final year for him on this roster, what's he going to bring to the table? And I'd be interested to see if he's going to be the one that they're going to be throwing more deep to. There was a wide receiver not too long ago that was your guy for that, and Jalen Kitan was paired up with him for a, for a certain 2020 season. But I'd like to get them back to that. I know the aspect here is... You don't have to use Justin Herbert's cannon on every single play. 
But still, I would like to see a productive camp from Jalen Guyton if if not only to give just Josh Palmer a run for his money, but just kind of, you know, competition breeding competition. But in this type of a league, Dan, especially when you get to the playoffs, you can't just rely on your one or your two wide receiver anymore. You have to look at other options. And if you can get down to a point where your wide receiver four is making big time plays for you, then that's a huge advantage moving forward for you offensively. Yeah, and I'll piggyback on the wide receiver part for a second. DeAndre Carter, I'm fat. I don't know how much we're going to see from a play standpoint. Like, I do think DeAndre Carter is probably not going to be sh- showing us much because they're going to try to keep some of the things they use for him, like under, under wraps until the season starts. But, like, is he going to be out there on offense ever for training camp? Like, are they practicing to kind of get him involved in the offense? And then I would probably say also Josh Palmer. Everyone has talked about like how improved he is this year and kind of how hungry he is. Like, is the hype real? Like, we haven't seen much from him, but everyone's talking about it. And so, you know, a couple years ago, for example, everyone was talking about how improved Jerry Tillery was and how excited they are to see a breakout Jerry Tillery. And that fall, that fell flat. So, are we going to see it with Josh Palmer? I, I don't know, but I'm excited to see. Last piece of the wide receiver aspect of what we're talking about here gotta gotta go back to it a little bit because he was making productive plays in minicamp but joe reed Mm. joe reed is the battle for wide receiver six on are the chargers going to keep six wide receivers can he continue obviously we know as of right now according to daniel popper that he's 100 percent healthy but can he make that push 2020 the chargers kept six wide receivers on their final 53 will they do it again in 2022 all right, Jake, moving on. I think you're going to like this one. Like, I know you're into metal. Everyone saw Stranger Things. You have no idea. I am looking forward to some damn cutthroat roster battles, just in general. And whether what music, whatever they play, like, I'm just imagining something like Slipknot, Metallica, I don't care. But, like, <laughs> the cutthroat nature of this offseason and, like, the the level of competition that it seems that Brandon Staley has brought to each of these positions. I don't think we've seen at Chargers minicamp ever since I've covered the team. You know, it seems like a lot of people have kind of be, become the incumbents or they're kind of just handed their CB one, two, three roles, whatever it is. Whereas now you got six, seven, eight corners vying for spots. You've got 11, 12 offensive linemen. You've got, linebackers and and edge players who literally are getting picked up from the CFL like yesterday trying to make this team. You've got tight ends galore. You've got undrafted free agents that have come in and all of these guys are like legit fighting for a job. And so like secondary that corner safety battle and those guys going after it against either one another or those wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, like, that's going to get heated. I guarantee it because you have guys on both sides who are fighting for their lives and it's more competitive now than I've seen since covering this team. So I think just seeing like that competitive spirit from the top down versus bottom up, I think is what excites me about this training camp. And just like the sheer, almost like internal pressure that this team, it feels like has on itself to perform. Yeah, and uh, and th- that's never a bad problem to have, Dan. I mean, it's I can't remember a time when the Chargers, when you felt like looking at roster wise, that the Chargers were this deep when it came to just top level competition mixed with you know 
good depth, not a huge drop-off from one player to another. It's good rotational depth that obviously is going to benefit you in the long run just from an overall production standpoint. But to your point, I love it. That secondary battle, Dan, it was hard for you and I to even really kind of figure out was it going to be 10 defensive backs or 11 defensive backs that would make the final 53? Who is it that you're letting go? Who doesn't make it? Um, So, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> what are you going to say? That interior defensive line is probably the other one. When you really look at the biggest competition on the defense, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be gnarly. And uh, when it comes to just outright competition, I get exactly where you're going with that. Um, we'll, we'll go to the storyline now that probably people figured, what the hell? Why did you guys not open with this one? The most the most obvious one clear as day. How could you not talk about the combination of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and being excited to watch them? It's on my list. It's on my list. We, if we missed this one, then by all means, you could totally unsubscribe us if we ended up missing this one. For, well, we did it, but we, did but we it. didn't. So you're, you're still on the hook. Uh, so Khalil Mack, obviously, the biggest thing that Brandon Staley has said of him so far this season is that he's getting him to the point where he feels comfortable. I think all expectations are after us seeing him just go light, essentially, in minicamp, that by the time we get to next Wednesday, hopefully – that he's going full speed. Can't wait to see what this rush is going to look like with both guys on the field, what type of pressure they're able to bring, the type of way that they're going to be able to collapse the pocket together because neither guy has played with a player opposite of them of this particular caliber. So it's a big deal. It's a big story. That's why everybody was basically saying the Chargers did what when they traded away a second round pick to go get Khalil Mack? So There was a reason for the heavy investment, and hopefully it ends up paying off even bigger dividends. But Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, and on top of that, Dan, what is that ultimately going to bring to the competition of your edge room? Because when you look at the depth behind it, yes, you have Kyle Vannoy, which I think is a great option for edge three and a veteran presence, which is awesome. You have Chris Rump coming into his second year. We've heard all the story about him putting on the extra weight, doing a lot of other work in the locker room, both mentally and physically. And then, as we've talked about here, is there going to be five that ends up coming to the team? This position and the linebacker position fluctuate between four and five, but I mean, that's a difference of a position elsewhere and arguably where you really need depth. That is for damn sure when it comes to it. So is it going to be a Jamal Davis that ends up winning out the, the, the camp battle for edge five position? Who knows? But one way or another, Khalil Mack is bringing competition to this edge room. Yeah. I mean, there is no other NFL team that has two top 10 edge rushers, period. End of discussion. The, the Chargers are the only team. They're one of one that have two guys of that caliber to rush the passer. But we've never seen it before. No one's seen it before. And like even even though they've been out there, no one's really seen what it looks like. And so I agree. Like, and again, we're probably not going to see all of like the, you know, the incredible, you know, NASCAR packages and seeing him next to like Derwin James and Kyle Van Noy and Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, all four of those guys just lined up. Like we might see it a few times, but I don't think we're going to see it week one for sure. But yes, to see that defensive line and just taking it outside of those two, like just that defensive line in general. Good transition. Like seeing seeing Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, those four guys, and I'm sure there's going to be rotation, a bunch of other ones that are going to be in there. Morgan Fox, of course, you're going to have a Jerry Tillery in there. You'll have Covington. There's so many battles that you're going to see. But that core four that they have put together, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Like how good that looks against our offensive line, which that makes it tough, Jake, because 
the offensive line is supposed to be very damn good, right? But so was the defensive line. And so, like, if you see the offensive line manhandling the interior defensive line, what's that story going to be? Is that offensive line's great or is that defensive line's bad or vice versa? If you see, like, if you see, I don't know, Khalil Mack just trucking Zion Johnson, is that going to be like, oh, Khalil Mack's a stud or is it going to be, oh, Zion Johnson isn't doing great? Like, you talk about iron sharpening iron. Like, we now have two top, in my opinion, we have two top 10 lines on both sides of the ball. And so when you see one or the other beating each other, I think it's a good thing. And don't put too much stock into the one that loses. Okay, just pop the brakes. Yes, I I think that that is the important thing to put at the end of there, the little asterisk. No matter who ends up losing, don't give them too much crap when you see who it is that's beating them. (laughs) And that's on either side of the ball. Unless you want to say to yourself, if Zion Johnson had a trucking of Khalil Mack, then by all means, light that fire up, baby. You know, (laughs) it's circumstantial, whichever, whichever battle you want to take here. But yes, iron sharpening iron. I mean, I guarantee you if there's a day where Khalil Mack is just going to absolutely own the rookie or own Trey Pipkins, you better believe the coaches are going to hang that over their shoulders in bed and say, man, you better come back better tomorrow or he's just going to keep destroying you for the next four weeks. So and and vice versa. Could you imagine if Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa was to get destroyed by a rookie? You know they're not going to let that stay on the next day. So, it, it's going to it should be it should be something to be excited upon, but not so critical on whichever way you're looking at it. Yep. Uh, all right. So we're rounding out the kind of the matchups, the things to look for most while we are looking into week one of training camp. Uh, Jake, we haven't talked about the running backs yet. That's on my list, uh, and honestly. I'm only, I'm most excited, I shouldn't say only, but I'm most excited to see Isaiah Spiller and to see like what he looks like as a Charger. And I know that's kind of seems a little obvious. That's but, a little hanging fruit. But the Chargers have been trying to find an quote unquote RB2 for years now to help with Austin Eckler's load. And they simply haven't been able to. They've missed the boat on several. You don't have to talk about it. We talked about it enough. If Isaiah Spiller can be the answer that they've been looking for for the past three, four seasons. This offense is going to completely transform, and you're going to see so much more easy yardage converted. But if Isaiah Spiller isn't, like, it's going to be tough, man. That's going to be tough. And again, it's hard because they're going up against a great defensive line. They're going up against a great secondary. They're going up against, like, a coach who's great at defense. Like, it... So it's hard to judge, like, oh, is he doing bad or is the defense that good? But, like, they'll, you know, there'll be things like drills. There'll be things where, you know, a non-touch where you can see kind of if he has the cutting abilities, if he has kind of the wiggle. But I think I've just – there's a lot of pressure on Isaiah Spiller to, to be that guy. And I know we drafted him later than people probably thought. But I'm high on Isaiah Spiller. I, I, three straight 1,000-yard seasons in college at AM, Like, the dude has it, in my opinion. And I would be shocked – if he doesn't come out and raise some eyebrows in a good way, week one of training camp. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's an interesting point that you make there, especially on the last part where you were talking about, you know, people believe that Isaiah Spiller was just taken, you know, way later than what many people had expected. And then from the Chargers standpoint, look at this. They've they've drafted essentially three running backs over the last three years between Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree, and Isaiah Spiller. And when you look at that metric that you just brought up as far as where he was taken, and then you think back, oh my God. Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller were taken in the same round of their respective drafts. You just look at this from a running base standpoint and that the Chargers got great value, but this is how much they've been looking for that RB2. You draft three running backs in three consecutive years. I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're one position and a couple picks behind the old Matt Miller days of him drafting three wide receivers in three consecutive years. I mean, you know, it's not far, but it just, again, shows you how much they've had that need for that position because as great as Austin Eckler is, this is no longer a one-back league anymore. There's only so many guys that can do that, and there's not many people on the list besides King Henry in Tennessee that can carry the load the way that he can. So it's a two-back system. You've got to keep it versatile. And the competition that you're going to see here is, yes, Isaiah Spiller, as you said, Dan. I mean, yes, there's a lot of pressure for him to obviously go out and perform. But I think all of us are expecting that of him. Sure. So, yes, the expectations are high. I'm not sure if the... Because again, we are talking about the other two, while if you're looking at a deficit in talent, still have a better NFL experience level. So to your point, was Isaiah Spiller, you know, perceptions reality? How are you looking at it as far as overall performance goes? But uh, yeah, when you look at that, the competition, of essentially who's going to be RB3 is really the one that everybody is not necessarily the one that everybody wants to hear, but just how is that running back room going to be rounded out when you essentially are asserting Isaiah Spiller in the RB2 spot? Yep. No, I agree. Uh, We're rounding out kind of what to look for week one of training camp. Jake, I think one that I have to say, I can't go without saying um, the tight end room and specifically Donald Parham finally back in the lineup after we saw from him last year, you know, so promising how improved he was last year. And then he went down with a horrific injury fully hundred percent now back healthy to see kind of what he looks like this year. And then obviously jailed Everett, the chargers have not seen a physically gifted tight end like Gerald Everett in years. Like Hunter Henry, I don't think was as gifted talent as talently gifted as he is. I mean, he, he was a well-rounded tight end. Great. But I don't think he was as athletic as he is. Antonio Gates, love Antonio Gates, but like he was more of a basketball power forward. Oozed athleticism. But if we're talking like if you if you just look at the two guys, who's more athletic? Like Gerald Everett's more athletic guy. I'm taking Gerald Everett, and to see kind of what he looks like in this scheme, in this system, that's I think that's kind of what I was more excited for is to see like where is he going to be and where isn't he going to be. Yep. Because we knew where tight ends weren't going to be last year, and that sure as hell was not going to be in the backfield. And that was not going to be using end arounds. Guarantee we're going to see some flashes of that at training camp. I don't know if we'll see it week one, but just to see like that tight end room and kind of the compare and contrast of the two. Like how opposite are Donald Parham and Gerald Everett? Like those are completely different archetypes, both talented, both athletic. But like one guy is like the, you know, the tree who you're never going to grow higher than. 
and can kind of use that to his advantage. The other guy is kind of like the the bowling ball who will find a way to truck people and get the extra yard. I'll be curious to see how that works out. Yeah, and especially last year, Dan, that's kind of where all that talk came from of the two tight end sets that we expected to see more of in the regular season last year because we saw it plenty when it came to drills and training camp. And, you know, when you started at the 20-yard line and you're doing red zone drills, you saw a lot of Jared Cook and Donald Parham during those practices. So I'd expect to see the same. But to your point, in what variation and in what type of scheme are you going to see both of them in? Are you going to get that creative the way that Seattle was implementing Gerald Everett? Are you is is Lombardi going to take a page out of that book and try to insert him in in those type of ways here? Maybe not right off the bat. Probably not just from the standpoint of just getting him you know reacclimated in a different tra- a different camp with a different team. Um, it may not come right away, but I'm sure progressively we're going to see that. But yeah, two big bodied guys with that much athleticism when you start in the 20s and are going in for red zone drills. I'm really excited to see that. So, Jake, we talked about all kinds of you know storylines uh, of things that we're looking forward to seeing week one. Um, not to get all mushy gushy, but like I'm looking forward to just seeing football back. I'm looking forward to seeing Justin Herbert throw footballs. I'm looking forward to seeing Derwin James run around. I'm looking forward to seeing like all these blue chips on one team on our Chargers team that we have not seen this many. Since I've been a fan. Is it weird that like none of the conversation that we said is like, what are you looking for for most to say? Oh, Justin Herbert. That was not, that was nothing that we just spent the last <laughs> essentially half hour going over because we know what Justin Herbert can do. We, we, we expect greatness out of him and obviously that he has shown thus far. So it's kind of almost like just a given, you know, of course we're all looking forward to seeing Justin Herbert out yes. there. Yes, because I don't think I don't think we're I don't think there's really gonna be anything that we can be surprised by him. Like we're always in awe. We're always shocked by how good he is and how lucky we are. But I don't think there's like a storyline from him other than well, I mean, there are. Like there's the how good is Justin Herbert going to look in the second year of the same scheme, same coordinator, blah 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 blah. How much of that you're gonna see in first week of training camp, like I don't know. And I think honestly, Jake, just to see like the connection that Justin Herbert has with the wide receivers, like it was already pretty damn good. Like it could be better. Sure. Um, But again, I think that just comes with comfortability as he gets into the scheme, but you're right. Like, of course we're excited to see Justin Herbert, but like that's kind of in the best way possible. His greatness is kind of old news. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How about the last thing, Dan? You said you were excited just to get football back, and I'm right there with you. How about just getting to see people back at camp? We got it last year, and it felt great. But getting back out there in a much broader capacity, seeing a lot of familiar faces, hopefully seeing a lot of new ones, just that feeling of camp's back that you just know that NFL football is back. Because... I know it does it it does seem like yesterday that we just had the Super Bowl and all that type of stuff, but I'll tell you what, it feels like eons to me that we had the draft. And these months that have gone past since then have been hell. So <laughs> I'm just like I said, baby, just give me the next Wednesday. I'm looking forward to seeing how much swag we see out at training camp from LAFB. Like how many fourth and staley shirts or hats are we gonna see? <laughs> How many how many shirts are we going to see Joey Bosa saying that I'm not effing tired? You know how many? I, I don't know. 
but just it's, it's fun to see like the Chargers community coming up with all of these great ideas and things that they wear. And so when you go to training camp, like half the fun is just seeing all of your friends, seeing the folks that come out wearing, you know, from the tee up, just going all crazy with the stuff that they're wearing. Uh, it just, I, I think you're right, Jake, just to see everybody again. Like it's, it's been too long. I know this off season has flown by in some regards, but it's also crawled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> caterpillar band <laughs> to each, to each their own. Right. Yeah. Um, so Jake, anything else we want to tell the good people other than, all that swag can get on LAFB shop. Use the code Unleashed. You get 25% off on all of it. So things like the fourth and Staley t-shirt, the hat. We actually have the cold beer hot takes t-shirt up there now, Jake. Put that around. It's hot takes and cold beer. But yes, it is well, up if there. You turn the sh- if you turn the shirt. <laughs> oh, but if you turn it on its axis like this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, that's up there too, as it was just released last week. So really excited about that one. Yeah, so you can get all of your stuff at LAFB Network, the shop at 25% off using the code Unleashed. Jake, anything else you want to tell the good friends? No, man. No. Just bring me football. We are between... Bring us football. We are what lies between their week and their weekend. So for Jake Hefter, you can find him at Jake T. Hefter. Myself, you can find me at Chargers Homer. Again, like, subscribe, hit the follow everywhere you find us, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, anywhere you find your podcast. Thank you guys so much. Football is back next week. Finally, we cannot be more excited to share it with you. Lots of things coming from us next week as well. Stay tuned. Got some surprises in store. And again, if you have not already subscribed or looked into the Derwin James giveaway, go onto Twitter, check it out. You too can have a Derwin James signed mini helmet. We'll be announcing the winner of it on the 27th uh, from training camp. All right, Jake, enjoy your weekend, sir. Enjoy the bourbon. Hope you have, I know it's under two and a half, but at least have one for me. And we'll talk to all of you next time on Chargers Unleashed.